Today we're talking about new clothes, and I just have to ask you a quick question. Have you ever been trapped in a fashion disaster? I'm not talking about just wardrobe malfunctions. We're very aware of that. Um, but fashion disasters, um, I've, I've, let me get out of the way so y'all can see some of those. If you can't see these because you're on the corners, just go home and Google fashion disasters and you'll be able to see. I'll just come down here and look. Um, these are people that actually wore those. I don't know what that's about. Blue pajamas while you're shopping. And the shoes. That's nice. She was playing a character in Dr. Seuss, apparently. That's Whoopi Goldberg. As we've never seen her before and never want to see her again. That's nice. These are fashion disasters. This one especially is my favorite because I don't know what that pink thing is. But it's like she bundled up a parachute and tried to make it an accessory. Anybody got weird sweaters and you think they look awesome on you, but when you see them later, you realize, what was I thinking? Um, that's some kind of dingleberry dress. <laughs> and that's a man, I think. I'm not sure. Is that the last one? Oh, good, because I can't take any more of them. Um, now, I've worn my... This is my attempt at a, not the Angry Birds. Angry Birds are awesome. Who's addicted to Angry Birds? Yeah, I'm in good company. Um, I fought it for two or three years, and then when I went to India, I bought it, and I've not looked back. So um, I was telling somebody earlier, like now for us at our house, because I've got on my iPad on the iPhone, my boys, they've got iPods, and they've got that, and Sydney's got my old phone, and so she's got it. And so game night, family game night at our house is basically all of us sitting there with our devices playing Angry Birds. Hey, how you doing? You good? Yeah, it's, I'm winning too. You know, I love Angry Birds. Anyway, this, you know, it's not really the season for this shirt. Um, I put this on this morning, and um, I walked into Wendy, and I said, what do you think? And she said, you're not wearing that, are you? And I said, I am now. <laughs> Thank you for the confirmation. Um, sometimes what we wear, it just doesn't look good or it doesn't match. So this morning, I want to kind of help you avoid spiritual fashion disasters. Okay, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. You can go ahead and turn there if you've got your Bibles. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 14. I'm going to go ahead and start reading it while you're turning there. It says this, Put to death, therefore, whatever, belo whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust. Everybody just go, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I said sex. That's why. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Verse 7 says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't say this out loud, but somebody just cussed in their mind when they heard that. You know, I'm like, ah. Man, i got to get rid of filthy language from my lips. Man, but can I still say it in my mind? <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Do not lie to each other, verse 9, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek, no Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Verse 12 says, therefore... As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against each other. 
Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So just a quick read through that. I find three important things that we've got to do. And ironically, there's three important blanks for you to fill in. Here's blank number one. These are all very simple. Number one, take off our old clothes. But please not right now. We're talking about spiritually. Now, this seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? If you get new clothes before you put them on, you should take off old clothes. But what I have found as I have journeyed with Jesus is that our Christian faith, our brand of Christianity in America, does not typically go that route. It goes more the route of this video that maybe some of you have seen on YouTube. Check it out. So over four hours, he puts on 155 shirts, which I have to say, that's no longer the Guinness World Record for most T-shirts. I think now it's up to like 233, and it's a guy over in UK, but his video wasn't nearly as cool, so I didn't show it. That is typically what we have done, okay, in the American church. We, we miss, this is a pretty crucial first step. Take off your old clothes before trying to put on new clothes. And it's funny, we were just sitting here, and I heard you say, God, that's got to be uncomfortable. And isn't it the truth? You know Christians like this, that if you ask them, well, how's your walk with Jesus going? Their answer is, that's kind of uncomfortable. Because that's, we just take on more stuff. We don't ever take off. So we're supposed to take off our old clothes. The question is, what do we take off? The Bible says we're supposed to take off our old selves with all of its practices. So here's the practice. You can just jot these down. Verse 5, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed. Verse 8 says some of these things we're supposed to take off are anger and rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Verse 9 says to take off lying. Verse 11 doesn't actually say this word, but it implies it. We're supposed to take off division. These are all things that we have worn for years because that was our wardrobe. But God gives us new clothes. I'm glad he gives us new clothes. 
I'm at this age now where I'm in a rut clothing-wise. It's just easy to pull out, like Wendy always say, oh, see you, you made it to the second layer of t-shirts today. Awesome. Because I'm usually the first layer guy. Just open the drawer, there it is, pull it out. So I'm pretty much wearing the same three shirts all the time. I mean, I do wash them in between wearing them. It's important for you to know that. But I don't know how you guys are. I'm not a woman, so I won't even pretend to understand how women are. But I don't know how you guys are, but I will wear clothes until they are literally falling off my body. That's an awkward thing to say out loud in public, but um, it's probably more awkward for it to happen in public. Oh, you wore that just a few minutes too long because it just dropped off your body. That's a little bit tough, you know. Um, But I just get comfortable, and don't we get comfortable? We just get comfortable with what we're wearing. And so here's the problem. Typically in America, our faith becomes about adding on before we take off. Take off your old clothes. And then number two, get cleaned up. Um, I was thinking about this, how sometimes our spiritual lives parallel our physical lives. How many of you can relate to this? You're physically, you don't feel good. You don't want to get, you're not motivated. So you don't want to take a shower. You don't want to go to work. You just want to kind of veg. You ever just want to veg? You ever look at people that wear sweatpants everywhere they go? I mean, if you're one of those people, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm going to offend you, but I have to go ahead and say it. Wearing sweatpants in public is kind of like your way of saying, I gave up a long time ago. People look at that and go, really? You know, you're in Walmart. I mean, we can see what you're wearing. But these are people that end up just wearing sweats all the time. They have no motivation to ever change how they look because internally they've given up. Sometimes spiritually that's what happens. We, we, we've given up. Verse 12 says this. Put on new clothes. But what does verse 10 tell us to do first? To put on a new self. Wearing new clothes without changing who you are is a little bit like putting on new clothes without taking a bath. You will, you will look good for a while, but eventually what's going to happen you're going to stink. And people around you are going to start moving away a little bit, kind of doing this. Wow. And, and you won't even know it until you at some point just kind of do that quick check. Oh, oh, I stink. It's like no matter how good you look, you smell terrible. Nobody gets new clothes and doesn't clean up before they put them on. It's an incredibly important step. You take off the old clothes. You clean up. How do we put on the new self? Verse 10 says this. Put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. I start thinking that sounds really religious. What does it mean to be renewed in knowledge in the image of your creator? Can we just break it way down and say this? That part of being cleaned up on the inside is beginning to live with the proper understanding of how you and I relate to God. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, about who orbits around who. Do do we orbit around Jesus, or does everything orbit around us? You know what I noticed about that long list of old practices? They're all self-oriented, every last one of them. Sexual, and we won't go through the whole list. Sexual immorality, 
Why would we do things that are immorally sexual? Because I've got needs, baby. Right? Is that too uncomfortable for you? But what did that? What was the first word of that sentence? I. Why would we lie? Because I don't want to get caught. And the first word is I. Every last one of them. Go down the list. Why do we get mad? Because I might lose something. Because you've done something to my rights. They're all self-motivated. And what I want you to understand is God gets it. He gets that that's our old self. That we have to take that off. And if you start trying to add on new clothes without first getting rid of that junk, it will never work. we got to get cleaned up. When we understand I am the created and he is the creator, it starts to put everything into perspective. Just like a minute ago when we were singing, and sometimes we're in here and, you know, we're singing, it sounds really good. But if we're honest, that's just a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. I'm not a good singer. I don't really know the words. And I, I can see the words every now and then when Phil's head moves. It's not Phil's fault. It's just the way that it is in here. But what happened earlier when we close our eyes? And we just lift our hands and we start to sing, be exalted. Something starts to shift. And what's shifting is me from the sinner and Jesus takes his place. That's what happens when we get cleaned up. God starts to change us. We start to understand. We get renewed in the knowledge, in the image of our creator. Oh, that's right, God. Now that I got the old stuff off and I'm in the bath and you're scrubbing me up, I'm starting to remember. I didn't start this thing. It's not about me. It's about you. And it shifts everything. Take off our old clothes. Get cleaned up. And now we're ready to put on the new clothes. That's the third thing. Put on the new clothes. Verse 12 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And that's important, okay? We're talking about being clean, changing our mentality, understanding who we are. And so what's the most important step right here? Before you can ever put on any new clothes, you've got to know that you've been chosen, that you've been set apart, and that you are loved by God. I don't know about you. When I met Wendy, well, okay, wait. You fill in the blank of who you met, okay? Because <laughs> you're going, yeah, when I met Wendy, the same thing happened. When I met Wendy, and, and I realized, that here, here's this woman who is just, gosh, she's amazing. And I asked her to marry me, and she didn't answer that with, uh, can I get back to you on that? When I got down on my knee in the ocean, and I, I see, I, I wrote a poem, I sang her a song, you know, I did the whole like really cool religious sparkling grape juice thing. I just did so much stuff, I think she might have said yes just so I would stop. But when she said yes, I kind of left there, I mean, I felt like a man. Like I could do anything in this life because out of all the men in the world, she has chosen to be with me. Do not discount what happens when you understand that you are God's chosen people? 
God is not up in heaven. Now, how many of you, if we're honest, you screwed up this week? Raise your hand. God is not in heaven going, oh, I cannot believe I'm still stuck with these people. Now, we say that about ourselves, right? I can't believe they're still coming here. Man. But God is not up in heaven saying, I can't believe, man, am I, when will I be done? He has chosen you. Now, that blows my mind. He wants us. He, want, he doesn't just want us. He wants to use us. He's got a plan for you. Ephesians 2.10 says, before the creation of the world, God had works created for you to do. So he chooses you. Not like I got chosen in gym class last because they went, and I get Paul. He chose you, and he sets you apart, and he loves you. Just knowing that helps us get the old junk off. There was a day that I needed everybody to like me. I don't anymore. I mean, I, it's good if you do, of course. I, I like that, but she loves me. Wendy loves me. And if tomorrow all of you said, you're an idiot, which you might, <laughs> hopefully not in unison, but if you all did, it would rock me. But at the end of the day, I've been chosen. She would look at me and say, you might have done something kind of stupid there, but I'm still with you. And that's just my wife. This says that God feels that way about me. Think about that. There is so much confidence that comes. And suddenly I don't have to prove myself right. You could actually say that I did something that I didn't do and I wouldn't have to defend myself. Why? I already know who I am. What you think about me is a little bit irrelevant at that point. If you came, and I can't imagine that Larry would ever do this, but if Larry, as an elder of the gathering, came to my house late at night while I was sleeping and stole my car, would I be angry? Probably. But at the end of the day, who's got my back? God. I'm in, the, I'm in Exodus right now. I just finished it up last night. What did Moses say time and time again to the people of God that grumbled and complained? He would say this. Look, you're complaining, but you're not complaining about me. You're complaining about God. And he just removed himself from that situation. That's what, that's what Paul's saying here. You want to put on some new clothes? Get the old ones off. Get cleaned up. Be renewed. Understand how you relate to God. Realize that you have been chosen. That you've been set apart to be used. That you are loved. And in that position, in that place, let's start to put on some new stuff. Here's the new clothes. Compassion. Kindness. Humility, gentleness, patience, all in verse 12. Verses 13 and 14, put on forgiveness, put on love. Let me just say this, as all the other things that were bad were about me, all of these are about you. They're about the other person. They're about God. They're, I'm last in every one of those. 
And not a single one of those can be done without Jesus. Not a single one. Just real quickly about forgiveness. You can't even choose to forgive. You have to ask God, give me the gift of forgiveness. Because it's a God thing. It's not you. Let me ask you this. It says we're supposed to forgive as the Lord forgave us in verse 13. How did the Lord forgive us? He sent us, he, he forgave us unconditionally. Unconditionally. When did the Lord forgive us? When we were at our worst. Now, how do we pull that off? How do you pull that off? How do, you, how do we forgive somebody unconditionally? And that's hard, right? We'll just talk about spouses right now. In marriage, well, I'll forgive you, but you better never do it again. Well, that's a condition, right? So that's not how the Lord forgave. Well, I'll get along with you if you'll just act better. Well, that's not forgiving somebody at their worst. Jesus forgave us at our worst. So the obvious question is this. If we've got such good clothes available to us, why do so many Christians make bad spiritual fashion choices? And I've got a real, this is the, the one statement I want you to write down at the bottom of your page. This will help us land this whole plane. Strangers will never tell you what you're wearing doesn't look good. Family will always tell you that what you're wearing doesn't look good. Strangers, if, um, well, like, here, I would imagine this. As we walked in this morning, a couple of you said, looked at me and kind of went, oh, I like your Angry Bird shirt. Most of you would talk to me like this. Hey, hey, Paul, how's it going? And I, at some point I say, you like, like my outfit? Well, yeah, like your Angry Bird shirt. But nobody quite knew what to do with this one. <laughs> do we tell him that he looks like an idiot? Like, do we say nice try? Or do we just walk away and get our coffee and go, dude, did you see what he's wearing? Like, that does not go together. And I'm not saying to make you feel, it's just the way that it is. A, a few of you walked up and said, that does not go well. And I'm like, that's cool. The good news is it's intentional. I mean, I, I do know, I think, somewhat how to dress myself. Strangers don't tell you that stuff. They just make fun of you. I'm a stranger to all those people who I made fun of earlier, right? But like if my family had worn something like that, I probably wouldn't have put their picture up there. But at home I would have said, don't ever walk out in public like that ever again. Family will always tell you that what you're wearing does not look good. So what's the bottom line? Good spiritual fashion happens in the context of good spiritual relationships. It is in our best interest to develop as close of a relationship with others as we possibly can. Here's why. When I was first starting out as a youth pastor, 
I was youth pastor at First Assembly, and I had this kid named Chad. He walked up to me, and he said, he said, Pastor Paul, will you pray with me? And I was like, oh, dude, I'll pray with you. And so we were at the altar, and I closed my eyes. I mean, I couldn't have been more than like, you know, 20. I closed my eyes, and he closed his eyes, and I just, I put my hand on his shoulder, and I started to pray. I mean, I was touching Jesus. You ever pray like that? I was all over it. And I, when I was done, I just, I kind of stopped, and I said, what do you think about that, Chad? And he looked at me, and he said, dude, you need a breath mint. That's what happens in the context of a relationship. You don't get to bull people anymore. They actually tell you what they see. It causes um, growth, for sure, but it causes friction. James 3, 9 and 10. Just jot that down. Let me read it to you real quick. James 3, 9 and 10. It says, with the tongue we praise our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Verse 10, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. My point in reading that is not to have a discussion about how all of you are terrible and you're talking about each other. My point is this. It's because they have a relationship. He actually looked at them and said, what you're wearing does not match. You're saying that you praise God, but you're using words to curse people and that just doesn't go together dude bad fashion choice that's what happens in the context of relationship which means at the gathering here's what's going to happen you're not going to be able to hide this is one of those messages where you hear it and go i may never come back again because people here we want to know you i want you to know me we want to save each other from this spiritually where we can say, man, that's not working in your life. It happens in the context of relationships. That's why the patience in verse 13, the forgiveness in verse 14, and, and, and the love in verse 14, that's why it's so important. Because when, when we're doing that, when we're having relationships, and people are telling us the truth, and we're telling them the truth, you better have patience with each other. You better bear with one another in love. We better forgive as the Lord forgave us. And we better put on love over all of that. Because we're going to need that stuff. Because people are going to make you mad. They're going to say things you don't want to hear. And it's all done so that we look our absolute best. There's nothing worse at my house then when I have pulled out what I really want to wear, I mean, I really want to wear it because it's comfortable and because I'm pretty sure that I look awesome in it. And I walk out, and the first thing Wendy says is, oh, no. Don't, please don't wear that. And I'll be honest, my first reaction is always, shut up. I look good in this. She's like, no, no, you don't. Let me go pick something out for you. Sydney walks into our room in the mornings before school, and she says, Dad, can you help me pick out my clothes? You know what I say? You might want to get your mama for that. Because I can pick you out, but you're going to be going to school with an Angry Birds t-shirt and a shirt that's for the springtime and winter. 
It's not going to happen. I want relationships in the gathering. We need each other to help us avoid these fashion disasters. You got new clothes. God wants you to wear them and wear them well. Your family is who actually helps you do that. So, the best application of today. is simply join a community group. We kick them off this Wednesday. I know everybody can't come on Wednesday. Eventually we'll have them every night of the week all around the county. But we got to start somewhere, so we're starting this Wednesday. There's one in New London. There's one in Albemarle. There's one in Norwood. Join a community group. Get plugged in where it's not this big section of people, but where you can plug in with 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 people. People that will love you, that have your best interests at heart, that will actually have the chance to look at you and you'll get to look at them and say, I don't know what you were thinking when you put that on, but it's not working for you. Because I'm seeing you at church, like praising God, but then like I heard you yesterday in Walmart and I was on the other aisle and you didn't know I was there and you were letting that person have it. And as long as we don't connect, we can get away with that. But once we connect, we start to share Fashion tips. Let me show you a quick video of why community groups are so important, and I'm going to explain how they work, and then we'll wrap this Time thing up. Time to get that multitask and 100 billion neuron connecting priority arranging segment of your wonderfully constructed brain to contemplate this. Ever wonder how many handshakes take place in a day, how many hugs happen, how many one-to-one face-to-face conversations go on? What about glances, kisses, laughs, and prayers, ways we connect? And you, right there, right now. How are you connected to the person next to you, the people around you, your friends, your enemies, the strange dude at the mall? How about the movies you watch, the books you read, the messages all around you? And how do you connect differently than people connected in the past? So many thoughts, ideas, blogs, texts, posts, and tweets these days. Everybody wants to connect to someone or something. And the world wide web of intersection and connection has changed everything. Get this. One out of eight couples married in the U.S. in 2008 met through social media. Unfortunately, half will be divorced in five years, connected and disconnected. There are over 500 million active Facebook users who spend over 700 billion minutes per month clicking, posting, uploading, and downloading. An average user is connected to 80 community pages, groups, and events, and each person creates 90 pieces of content each month. Folks got a lot to share, a lot to say. So much that the average user spends 55 minutes per day, 6.5 hours per week, or about 1.3 full days per month on Facebook. And that's just people sitting around home because more than 200 million are on Facebook through mobile phones nowadays because long lost are the days of landline phones, busy tones, and yeah, David Jones. And speaking of cell phones, in 2004, 674 million were sold, which is 105 million less than the 779 million sold in 2005, which is nothing compared to the almost 4 billion sold in the last three years. Some people in the world who don't have toilets or houses have cell phones. People really want to connect. But wait, there's more. One trillion tech Text messages were sent in 2008, 1.5 trillion in 2009, and then it went up to 6.1 trillion just recently. That's a thousand texts per person for every person on the planet. That's a lot of connecting. Yet this hasn't even scratched the surface. There's over 50 million tweets per day, over 60 million LinkedIn people, and 43 million people still visit MySpace per month. Then there's however many millions on Ning, Tag, Meetup, Bebo, My Yearbook, and Friendster looking at everything from posts to pics to video. Speaking of which, it would take you over 27 years without sleeping to watch all the videos uploaded on YouTube just this week. Everybody wants to connect. Connect with a friend. Connect with family. Connect to the past. Connect to the future. Connect to God. Connect with God. 
The one who created connections, voices, images, ears, eyes, smiles, kisses, glances, faces, friends, music, color, stars, electricity, light, laughter, and love, just to name a few? Connect with him? And what does that mean? Well, you connect the dots. Time to get that. So we're going to help you connect the dots. We're not going to make you figure it out. The quickest and easiest way for you to connect with God right now is to join a community group. The quickest way for you to do that is either come see me after church and say you want to do it, or you can just go home. As soon as you get home, you can go to thegatheringnow.com. You can click on the community group page. I'm talking fast because that guy was talking fast. It just kind of got into me. You can go to that page, and there's a link to a survey. <laughs> Would you like to take a survey? And all you got to do is put in your name, what one you'd like to go to, which area in New London, Albemarle, or Norwood. And we'll take care of getting in touch with you tomorrow, and we'll give you directions to the place where you're going. Jay and Kelly, raise your hand. They're going to be hosting one in Albemarle. Uh, Larry's right here, and Carol is in the nursery. And so they're hosting the one in Norwood, and Renee and Nehemiah are right here. There's Renee and Nehemiah's over here. They're hosting the one in New London. Um, love to have you come. They're very, this is very informal, isn't it, Sunday mornings? Can you imagine a place that's even more informal? <laughs> this is very relaxed, okay? Come drink coffee, eat food. And what you'll be doing is um, we, our goal, believe it or not, on Sundays is for you to leave here doing this. I wonder what he meant by that. That's kind of our goal. We want you to be thinking through the scriptures. We want to give you more on Sunday than you could ever process in one day. And so on Wednesday nights, that's, that's what you'll be doing. You, this is your chance to go, and Larry's a wise man, and Jay and Nehemiah, they're all wise people. You can sit down and go. So when Paul said this, what do you think he meant by that? And y'all can just talk that out. How do we take what we learn on Sunday and apply it in our lives? That's what small groups are for. That's what the community groups are for, okay? So that's how you can apply this message. Isn't it